Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast with enlightening interviews where vibrant and diverse teachers, authors, and healers talk about a variety of topics such as self-healing, herbalism, and spirituality. And now your guy, my mom, the Herb Nerd. Hi, Herb Nerds. I'm so glad that you're here with me today, and we get to talk about herbs and sex, my favorite topics. (laughs) So, mainly in the interview, we talk about sexuality and how to connect deeper with yourself and connect with things that really turn you on. Um, We don't talk about herbs as much. I think briefly we talk about adorning yourself with different scents and essential oils, but it's so brief. So I want to talk a little bit about that real quick before we get into the interview with Magdalena Curtis. So I want to talk a little bit about what I like to adorn myself with during the winter months. Um, Oh God, I don't even know where to start. I think I am having a love affair with Pinion Pine. <laughs> there needs to be a support group so that we could just all get together and talk about how amazing Pinion Pine is. Ah, oh, it's so great. Ah, oh, if you haven't smelled it, <clears throat> you should. Um, my my idea of pine for the longest time. It was a huge turnoff because it reminded me of those cheesy air freshener things that are so toxic that people put in your car when you get your car clean, which you can say, you know, I don't want that in my car, which is great. Um, So I didn't really get into pine for a very long time, but I'm into pine and I'm really into specifically pinion pine. So smell it. It's one of those amazing essential oils that oh god it's you can use it in your hair I like to put it in my hair and I like to put it on my clothes I love it when my husband has pinion pine I love a man that smells like trees (laughs) and I love hugging people that smell like trees too it's so so delicious Mm, so good so I like using pinion pine and I'm also into cardamom. Think about adding a little bit of cardamom or cinnamon to your socks um, so that your feet are a little bit warmer. Or you can use cayenne pepper. Sprinkle You can sprinkle that in your shoes. And then you put your socks on and your feet stay warm in the wintertime. Um, I just like having you know clothes that smell like spices in the winter time ginger is really nice too um if you use essential oils on clothes I'm I mean I don't I wouldn't ever put it on anything that's very nice like silks but on a wool shirt maybe just in the seam you know you'll be okay um but it is an oil so you could get an oil stain so just be aware of that but it's well worth it. You should try it. It's so amazing. Um, something that happens um, often during this time of year is just being a little bit foggy in the head, being congested. I'm sure you can hear that in my voice. Um, 
And then also just not being as quick and as sharp and as fast in the mind. I think I got low blood. It's all in my feet. So you can use a little bit of rosemary essential oil and rub that in your hair as well. Or add that to an oil and rub it on your feet. Um, I think rosemary smells incredible. It almost reminds me of the smell of like eucalyptus in a way. It doesn't smell like eucalyptus, but it's like it's opening and it's clearing. It does a lot of, it has a lot of the same actions as eucalyptus. It just smells so good. So I love that. I love diffusing a little bit of um, peppermints in our yurt. I'll put a few drops of peppermints um, in water and have that on our wood stove and have that going. And that's really nice. So these are just ways that you can adorn yourself with love and, oh God, yumminess. <laughs> oh, geez. I have this one jacket that I just use cardamom essential oils on and I love it. It feels so soft and warm and I know that when I wear it, it's going to smell like cardamom. So imagine, you know, you have four sweaters and one smells like cardamom one smells like cinnamon one smells like ginger and so on um you can have like a pumpkin pie spiced wardrobe and it could be so yummy <laughs> and then you can change it up for the next season if you like um before we go into the interview i want to share just the cutest story most precious thing that happened recently at the herb shop in nevada city at halo um I was working, this was last Thursday, and a mom and her two kids came in, and the mom asked if there was some type of formula that her daughter, which was five years old, yeah, five years old, could take. Um, she said her daughter had a heart condition, and it was so funny. As we were talking, her five-year-old runs over to our flower essence space and we have so many flower essences um we carry a line from fes and i don't know maybe there's like a hundred or so i've never counted but we have a lot and you know out of all those flower essences that little girl grabbed the bleeding heart flower essence like she knew <laughs> she knew which one she needed and she told us she said i need this one <laughs> So that was amazing. Um, so bleeding heart is an essence that is for heartbreak. It could be for heart conditions. Um, it is just very nice. I guess if you're going through a heartbreak, this is the one that I would grab personally. Um, anything surrounding sadness, grief, loss of a loved one, um, you know, if you've experienced days and days of crying, look to this flower essence. Um, flower essences contain the vibration of flowers. They do not contain the essential oils of flowers. So sometimes people will come into the shop thinking they're essential oils. So um, the difference is that you don't take essential oils internally and flower essences you can. They're in a brandy base as that is the stabilizer um, and all you need to do is take a few drops a day so look at FES there's a lot of amazing companies um, out there 
they are not the only one. Um, if you feel like this would be your medicine, um, I'm just really happy I could share that story. Oh, that little girl was so cute. <laughs> yeah, you know, our teachers, our teachers are everywhere. As long as we have our eyes open and our ears willing to listen. Um, let's talk a little bit about Magdalena Curtis. She's an amazing teacher that I met. She had a few classes that I've taken about radically, well, about radical sexual embodiment. Um, the name really like turned me on in a way where I wanted to know more about my feminine nature and my path and what it meant to be radically embodied. So that is what we talk about during the interview. It's super amazing. She she is a wonderful facilitator in learning to connect with um, your own truth and what your true desires are. And, you know, sometimes we have been cut off from that for so long and it's really hard to know how to connect and uh, I really just think she's great and I'm so happy to share her with you um, she is uh, she's a dancer a yogini singer poet songwriter you can find her on Facebook um, magdalenacurtis.com is her website and you know, her writing is so great. <laughs> I'm sure you'll love it. And I'm so happy to bring her to you. Thank you for inviting me to your cozy, beautiful home. Oh, you're so welcome. It smells so, so good. happy to have you. Good. <laughs> so smells are important. Smells are really important. So we're sitting and drinking chai together. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy that I've met you. I've taken a few classes. Um, the first class and the second class was about radical embodiment. Yes. And I had never heard of that term or phrase before. And something inside of me, it was like little sleigh bells, like, you mm. must come to this class. <laughs> and so many of my lady friends were like, oh, you got to meet Magdalena. Come yeah. on. And yeah. I took it and I just knew, I was like, oh, I have to have you on the show. Oh, I have to so share wonderful. this. I have to share this with the different women and that um, listen. Yeah. 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 It's important. That radically embodied movement is, those two words came in quite a while ago. And I think the word radical for me is, is literally essential for my life. It's almost like a talisman. And it's, again, for me as a language person, as a writer and a poet, and words have immense power. And so the word radical, I wanted to reclaim it on behalf of my own experience and and reshape it behind this movement that I'm feeling is existing for women right now in the 21st century, this new version of feminism, even the word feminism too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of, you know, tweak that. For me, language is, is pliable mm-hmm. because we created it. Humans created language, you know, lang- and we create, you know, all this stuff that we call, you know, absolute, anything written down in a book, we humans created it, which means we're the creators, so then we're the transformers, we're the ones who can recreate and remake. So mm-hmm. radical for me is a very powerful word. 
and it's a very positive word and I wanted to reclaim it from this idea that it's about um, anarchism or you know anarchy breaking things down mm -hmm. tearing things down for me it's just an attitude it's an attitude of being absolutely committed mm -hmm. you know a hundred percent so combined with embodiment mm. you know it's this like pure essence commitment right. power you know, directing ourselves back down and in, as women mm -hmm. in particular, back down and into the womb space. Mm -hmm. I find that, it, and here it is, as we were speaking of earlier in other conversations we've, we've had, I find that the more radically embodied I am, which mm -hmm. is what I call it now, mm -hmm. the more things come to me. Like, they come to me and through me. So it's a quality of listening. I don't know exactly where radical embodiment came from. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably, if I could trace it back, it probably came to some point where I was writing. And, you know, I do writing where I just sit down and write. I don't stop and mm -hmm. ponder. I, you know, I'll edit later, but I'll just go. And I write longhand, and that's part of my creative movement. I have to use my hand. Mm -hmm. and see it on the paper. So Radical Embodiment came in somewhere there, mm -hmm. and it just, like, it lit up for me. And I kept tracking it and following it. Mm -hmm. And I also found that other people responded to it. Mm. Other women responded to it, right. as you did. Right. You know, even just putting it, you know, out as radically embodied sexuality. Right. Sure, sexuality has a lot of brightness, mm -hmm. you know, for most of us. But the radically embodied, I asked one group, I had a radically embodied, another teaching, it wasn't sexuality, I think it was just, you know, the radically embodied woman. And I asked the women who came there, and these were women from Sacramento, Citrus Heights, Granite Bay, I mean, I, these were women that are not from my personal community, and they were so hungry for this, and so present, and so wonderful, it was one of the best groups I've ever led mm -hmm. and 201 they said the word radical combined with embodiment just <laughs> i just leaned in toward it and woman one woman said i was a little bit afraid of the word radical but i i also really really wanted to go there you know so there and that's how i felt when they dropped in and i just yeah. trust you know writing for me is is a pure meditation yeah. It's my form. You know, I'm a writer. And so words, and I trust words, especially after all these years, because I treat them like living things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned <clears throat> the push and a pull that this woman experienced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can feel that inside, mm. this push and this pull. Where do you, where mm. does that come from, in your opinion? And do you see mm. this with other women? Well, sure, I see it in myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can say that I am a woman who, you know, I'm now 57, you know, and I can look and I can look at a body of my life and I can have, you know, I have an experience to base my feelings on. And I can say that I am a woman who who likes going into some of the scary regions. Mm -hmm. I have a pull toward that and I also know, you know, that as we go into, you know, our shadow, you know, there's a lot of talk about shadow work now, and, right. or into our 
I, I have a real love of darkness. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I actually do. And I used to be terrified, literally terrified, of the dark right. when I was younger. Um, and I, by moving on to my land mm-hmm. and really engaging with my land, five, you know, the five acres I lived on and building a house there, I actually trained myself through experience to love the dark. I used to walk out onto my land mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. naked, literally. Mm-hmm. Totally and vulnerable. I'd, totally vulnerable. And I'd walk across, barefoot, walk across my land in the dark. And I would engage with the landscape. And I started to, and, and I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And But my temperament is that a lot of times if I'm afraid of something, I go in there. <laughs> so there's that push-pull. There's you know? things to look at. There are things to look at. Yeah. And they're not, and it's not about easiness. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I've realized. Ease is not my life's calling. <laughs> Easy is not my, do I need to rest a little bit more mm-hmm. to learn to be restful? Yes. Right. But easy is not what I'm after. So, and I think the powerful, radically embodied woman, mm-hmm. or the one who really wants to be radically embodied, is not looking for easy. Mm-hmm. We're looking for potency mm-hmm. and something real to engage with, some meaning in our lives, mm-hmm. you know? Right. We're filled with, you know, we're just invaded constantly with messages telling us what we need to look like, how we need to feel as women especially around sexuality. Mm-hmm. Here's the version of sexual. Mm-hmm. Here's the version of sexy. Mm-hmm. And here's how you should engage with it. This is all the big, you know, mm-hmm. giant the images. The master plan. The master plan that's being sold to us. Yeah. And, and the woman's body is being used to sell everything also. Mm-hmm. That's because women are awesome and mm-hmm. really appealing. <laughs> you know, we're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason that our bodies have been used to sell products mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's subcut. I mean, we could go off on this on one. That, this is like a big, big topic. Yes. And I don't, as I've said in some of my writings and some of my talk, talking about radical embodiment, I, this is not, radical embodiment is not anything against anybody or anything. Do I think there's been a patriarchy? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it's still here? Yes. Am I here to fight the patriarchy and be against men? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I love men, mm-hmm. and I love my masculine aspect. Mm-hmm. When I put it behind my deep womb wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, nothing could stop. And it's a fantastic combination, you know, this balancing of that. So I'm more for the empowerment of women in a new way, Mm. coming directly from our own bodies, Mm. resourcing ourselves from our bodies, but in connection to something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not that small, you know, small S self. It's the capital S self. Because we're acknowledging, wow, I am part of this mystery. I do not know what this is. Right. I know I'm part of it. I can say that as a woman. You know, I am part mm-hmm. of nature. I feel it. Right. feel it in my body. You know, all that encountering with the dark on that land and learning mm-hmm. to see in the dark, learning to know when a tree is in front of me because I can feel the vibration of it. Mm-hmm. 
and that's that can only be learned through you know experientially the, and you know you can do things like this in the city you don't have to be I've written about this a lot this is not right. just for women who live on a piece of land and right. you know chop wood carry water this is for all women we have this instinct in mm -hmm. us and for me working with women and helping us to be more radically embodied helps us to have to be tuned in and grow our intuition wherever we are because mm -hmm. here's another thing that's come up maybe in the circle we were in, I can't remember if it was this one, but mm -hmm. a young mother was speaking about her daughters and how she was, you know, she wanted her daughters to be natural in their sexuality. She wanted them to be free right. and empowered, and she was afraid mm -hmm. of giving them that because of the world and her fear for them as, right. as natural, sensual beings. Mm -hmm. That if she supported that, oh my God, would she make them into, you know, um, marks, so to speak, for the distorted and right. broken masculine that, that, you know, is wounding and taking and right. sexualizing. And from my perspective, the stronger and more aware we are mm -hmm. of our connection to the earth and to our divinity as, as sexual beings... Mm -hmm sexual not just in relationship with another mm -hmm. okay sexuality is not just about having sex sexuality is nature mm -hmm. and we are that mm -hmm. so supporting that in young women and really empowering them to be in tune mm -hmm. that helps them to be in tune also with the world around them mm -hmm. and then their intuition grows then they can go hmm right like wow maybe you know what this Going down the street tonight just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I may walk this way every single night down the street. Nothing's ever happened. I don't see anything unusual. But I am so in tune mm -hmm. with my radical embodiment that I feel like, uh, nope, tonight I, I need to go mm -hmm. over here. And compare that with the other mindset that's very common with women. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Absolutely. So I'm just going to go along with it. Absolutely. Yeah, which is trained. Absolutely. That's it not is. natural. No, it isn't. Yeah. Not, our natural state is like an animal, is like a cat. Mm -hmm. You know, a cat walking through the jungle isn't like, oh, wow, there's a group of men up there. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I better just walk right in there and get killed. No, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, total. Zzz, the, you know, poofy fur goes tail. up, poofy tail, and then just slipping over here. Yeah. You know, and, that, and we have that. We have that intuition for a reason. It's in our body. We are sensate beings. Is that our animal self? Okay. I think we are animals. Yeah. No, we are animals who then have, a, you know, what can we say? Do we know that all you know, animals don't have a consciousness? Of course not. They do have a consciousness. They mm -hmm. have their consciousness. Mm -hmm. But we are language makers. Mm -hmm. And we are makers because of our hands. Mm -hmm. And so the combination, you know, it takes us into another realm. And then we are self-conscious. Mm -hmm. so that self-consciousness can be manipulated mm -hmm. so we as humans have manipulated each other for centuries mm -hmm. we man and we manipulate with words we manipulate with story mm -hmm. so the stories that we listen to and the stories that we tell mm -hmm. you know we manipulate ourselves right. if we tune in our station only to the story of fear mm -hmm. You know, uh, destruction, etc. You know, you're a victim. Mm -hmm. It's not safe out there. 
Well, of course, my God. And, and as a woman, you know, I'm a woman. I've grown up as a woman. Yes, there are people out there who are constantly, you know, sexualizing, starting at a very early age, men, you know, doing the hooting and hollering, whatever. Right. You're walking down the street. You know, we know this. Do we want this to change? Yes. Mm-hmm. But we have to be engaged with our own being, with our own body, so that we can walk in this world and be powerful. Mm-hmm. And as you say, so that we don't go, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. We can be compassionate and loving and not, mm-hmm. you know, assume that every man is a rapist. Mm-hmm. And we can, number one, absolutely do everything in our power not to engage with somebody who is broken. And, mm-hmm. and to really know, like you, as you say, hmm, that, you know, I can just sense that I don't feel like walking the, down the street with in front of these guys. And that's my business to make that decision and it's no it doesn't matter if that person feels like they're upset because I'm deciding to cross the street right you know it's this is my body and my life and Mm -hmm. I am the one empowered to be responsible for it Mm. so if big self has been covered up for a long time in a blanket Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and someone wants to connect like, what does it mean? Or how, how do mm-hmm. they do this? How do they yeah. know they're actually connecting with their bigger right. self? Right. Yeah, that's a real process. That's a really good question. Because that is, you know, that, that happens, I think, for all of us, really. Unless we were raised spectacularly and, you know, mm-hmm. really unusually in this 21st century or 20th century, depending on how old you are. But for me, I mean, I, I'm, I've been developing... A bunch of practices that help me mm-hmm. and so things that help me I'm finding are, are helping other women mm-hmm. so for me one of the absolute essential practices for finding your way back down and in is actually just this simple hand to womb left mm-hmm. hand to womb right hand palm against heart mm-hmm. starting with actually touching your own body you know this is a super simple practice that when you're out in the world you know you may be stressed notice that you're stressed let's say you're let's say you're in some big department store you're you're somewhere where there's tons of action and Mm -hmm. and you're noticing and this is another thing you know actually to even notice sometimes women you know we have gotten ourselves so wound up in in the cultural expectation of movement 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 you know just keep going just that we don't even notice we're stressed Mm-hmm. So that's why we we go to others maybe as mm-hmm. teachers or you know helpers whatever who who call our attention. It's like a ringing a bell. Mm-hmm. You know we all are we're all teachers. Mm-hmm. We're all students. I'm certainly a student first, and then I'm a teacher. But I've gone to many teachers in you know in my life who ring a bell for me to remind me of you know things that I need to remember. Mm-hmm. So this right now is a, is can be a reminder. Mm-hmm. Just simple touch to your body, like oh wow, okay, here I am. Mm-hmm. Here, oh, oh my God, I wow, feel my, you. Right? <laughs> yeah, Come I back. feel you. I notice you. I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's the womb for me is the most powerful, and that's something that can be very subtle. You can be in your car, 
Nobody sees your hand mm -hmm. up against your womb space. And, and when I'm speaking to women, the, the womb space is, it doesn't matter if you've had a hysterectomy. It's not about the organs. It's about the womb space. Right. It's not about whether you've had a baby or are going to have a baby. It is, for me, for women, the creative center. Mm -hmm. It's the basis of our creation. It's the darkness. Mm -hmm. It's the chalice. Right. We are the creatures who have an open space in our bodies. And what is a space, you know, an open space? It's a cultivating space, a bowl. Container. We know we're cooks, you know, men are cooks too, but, you know, the world of food and the big pot on the stove, mm -hmm. you know, there's a chalice and we put things into it. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what, what do we, we do with heat? <laughs> what do we do with heat? Exactly. We're putting some fire under it and. So the womb is the starting place for me in terms of the practice. Mm -hmm. Even the word womb now for me. You it know? sounds like room, you yes. know? Yes. My, my womb. <laughs> yes, it is your room. It's our own private little room. And it's dark mm -hmm. and it's warm and it's a place for cultivation. And it doesn't have to be, it's not have to be literal. This is just, this is how we use language, again. Right. Okay, language can bring us back to ourselves. So just, you know, but then the physical combined with that. So the word womb, you might just even keep that kind of tracking mm -hmm. and just sort of check in. Wow, okay, what's happening with my womb space? And this can be foreign for women at first mm -hmm. because we often, like even in meditative practices, even led by women, they'll say the belly, mm -hmm. etc. And that's fine. It's just not my vernacular. Mm -hmm. I like to be literal for me, right. for us as women to reclaim this. So putting your hand on your womb, that would be the first practice. Just feeling the warmth of your hand against your womb, calling yourself, your attention down and in. Mm -hmm. Because we've been trained for thousands of years to go up and out, which mm -hmm. is the more masculine spiritual paradigm. Yeah, yeah let's go up and out. I mean, even back... Whatever, hundreds of days, well, hundreds of years ago, there was up and out was because there was so much shame around the body. Mm -hmm. You know, so many religions created shame around the the body. I still hear that a lot, like even sure. in the herbal world, like people <clears throat> coming in and saying, "My body's toxic, my mm -hmm. body's sick," mm -hmm. or even people who have cancer, like blaming themselves mm -hmm. for not treating their bodies mm -hmm. better, as if that was the reason why they have cancer. Mm -hmm. It's something that I see that is really sad. So many detoxes mm. and misconceptions about their body being dirty. Right, dirty body. Yeah, the constant mm -hmm. cleansing motion. Like I can keep cleansing and cleansing and cleansing and cleansing. There'll be nothing left. <laughs> right, and that's and that's you know of course there's a time and you as an herbalist know this there's a time and place for anything, everything, everything. You know, right. cleanses are sometimes exactly what's required. But it, like, as you say, that endless, endless feeling that, you know, there's something deeply wrong. Guilt. With guilt. Yeah. And this, this all takes a lot of exploration. And it has to, there's a, has to be a willingness to go down and in. Because down and in is dark. Mm -hmm. We're scared Darkness of the dark, is, right? We're scared of the we dark. Know what's there. I'm deeply attracted to the dark. So any practice that brings you you, your whole consciousness, back into awareness of your body for a woman is a good practice. Mm -hmm. For me, the practice that works is palm to womb. Mm -hmm. 
I will also include palm to heart, but for me, really, like, number one, palm to one. Mm -hmm. Then the breath. Classic mm -hmm. for all traditions. Right. Noticing your breath. Where is it? If it's high and shallow, you can probably be guaranteed that you're feeling a little stressed. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> so, breathing down and mm -hmm. calling breath also up from the earth directly into your yoni, into your womb, then up to your heart, then up to your throat, mm -hmm. then out as words. Mm -hmm. So that we're not all compressed from the collarbones up, mm -hmm. squeezed in this little... And then we're going to react with a... Right. You know, I have a radically embodied voice workshop. Mm -hmm. So that's all about women's voice. Where does it come from? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, isn't our intention here to be as powerful and as, as viable in the world as possible mm -hmm. as women? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're going to rock this. We are going to <laughs> rock it, and we are. Yeah. And the women that I admire and love it's a quality of their voice and the way that they share. Mm -hmm. Eve Ensler, I think of Eve Ensler. You know Eve Ensler, the you know, vagina monologues, mm -hmm. etc. Mm -hmm. That woman, she is coming from her womb. Mm -hmm. She may not call it that. Uh, that's my vernacular, but I hear her. I listen to her and I feel her. Like it doesn't matter how far away she is. I'm listening to her on a YouTube. I'm like, I am like yes you know I'm in church I'm giving it up to her and that's why she gets thousands of people right coming to her events and listening her voice is part of it mm -hmm. if she were going like this you know right we'd be like ah you know like her words might be super powerful right but it almost but hurts it's hurting it's like it's all up it's up from the collarbone up and it's like this shrill kind of like mm-hmm we can be filled with rage, like righteous rage, mm -hmm. the energy of rage. Mm -hmm. But if we're if we've conducted our like created our fire, built our fire mm -hmm. carefully, that can be the most compelling sound. We don't want to take people down. Mm -hmm. We want to serve up inspiration. We want to serve up power mm -hmm. and share it. Right. You know, the days of like lambasting, you know, you, you know, mm -hmm. finding, calling out what's wrong right. with the world. Right. For me, it just doesn't help. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are a lot of things that aren't working. Right. How do we talk to it in a way that we feel more empowered? We don't feel like giving up, number one, mm -hmm. personally, like so that I'm not going through my day going, oh my God. You know, the whole world is fucked up, and why even bother, and I'm just, or, oh, I'm so angry that I just, you know, I'm just pissed every minute, and I just want to take this down. Right. I personally want to cultivate a quality in myself that's going to make a difference in my own personal life, moment to moment. Mm -hmm. I'm not always successful. Mm -hmm. If you heard me in my car... <laughs> which my daughter is always calling me on. She's like, Mom, you're so like balanced and spiritual in so many ways, but then, God, you get in the you car, get in the car. you're like calling people turkey ass, and you're screaming at people. And I'm like, no, no. But, hey, so you funny. know, we're human beings and we're not. Uh, I had something really interesting happen recently. Um, the 
Kalo crowd, we all decided to go to Sierra Hot Springs together uh-huh. and just celebrate transitions together. Mm-hmm. And I was in the hot tub for about six hours. Wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. Yes, I can. Because <laughs> so I've amazing. spent that much time in the harvest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five or six days I'm in that. Really? Oh, yeah. Those, that's that's wow. like my reclaiming space. And when I've been to hot springs before, I've spent like a few hours and then I'm done. Mm. I'm mm. going to go hang out inside and talk with people. Right. It's been right. nice. Yeah. But this time I stayed mm. for that long and something happened that was very scary. Mm. I thought I was relaxed. Um, but then I relaxed into a deeper sense that I, I don't think I've relaxed that deep Mm. and I don't even know when. Mm. And the first thing that happened was my heart had this shout out of beating fast. Ah. Like there was a fear of connecting deep. Uh Um, I think it can be painful for us to connect deep, especially if if we're wounded inside or if we've put if we've said no to our bigger self yeah. a lot it can be really hard yeah you know yeah. and it can be scary for people and Absolutely. i think it comes out as anxiety and depression yeah. and the waking life a lot for us women mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah definitely 100% absolutely when we first start dropping down into those deep spaces yeah, the reaction can be terror. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is too much. You know, I can't, this is too much feeling. Yeah. You know, and we think that we've been feeling. Like you said, you thought you were relaxed. And yeah, you realized, I've been wow. doing my work. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That's another part of it, right? And and I myself have been trying to find a new word for work. It's, yeah. a, again, the vernacular, the word thing. Right. The wordsmithing, because I'm seeing how powerful the word is. And as we keep saying, we need to do our work. We need to do our work. Work, 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 work. There's nothing wrong with the word work. Mm -hmm. But because it's been so used, overused, it's now got this sense of oppression. Uh Even if it's behind, quote unquote, the good work. Right. Pursuing our... Again, it's that constant... I've got to be better. I've got to be more. I've mm-hmm. got to find out. I've got to. You know, I've got to purify. I've got mm-hmm. to. That all comes from the masculine paradigm. Linear. The linear. It's mm-hmm. a good thing mm-hmm. in balance, mm-hmm. but we've had thousands of years where it's been out of balance. So we're trying to find our balance. So when you drop into the water, okay, here's the water. Yes. That's the emotional realms. The West, you know, when you look at calling in the directions, you know, yeah. the West is the place of water, it's the place of emotion, it's the place of the oceans and the rivers and the tides. Women are run by that. Mm-hmm. We are we are compelled by the moon. We have cycles that are compelled by the moon. We are linked up with the moon. Mm-hmm. We're linked up with the darkness. The moon is bright, of course, but it's at night. Mm-hmm. So when we drop into these watery spaces, yeah. The, the emotions can rise, especially you let yourself sit there for six hours. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. And, warning, warning, you're mm-hmm. going to face and you're going to feel and you're going to see 
this depth and it can feel overwhelming. Again, my first thought is hand to womb. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself that you're okay, you're in your body. Mm -hmm. This is okay. You're, you're like, it's all right. Like, just like we would do with a tiny baby. Yeah. A little child or a little toddler, if they're scared, mm -hmm. what do we do? We pick them up, we hold them. Mm -hmm. It's okay, it's mm -hmm. okay, I'm here. We don't go, hey, get over it, you know? <laughs> I mean, some people might, and we can't even go there. But Let's not go there. We don't go there. What we do naturally as whole women is that's what we do. We respond that way. Mm -hmm. So can we bring ourselves into the mix? So when you're feeling anxious and you're mm -hmm. sitting in the pool and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, whoa, mm -hmm. wait a minute. There's a lot here, and this is scary, and my heart's starting to beat really fast, and I just want to get out and let's go talk and get in the kitchen. Hand to them, mm -hmm. deep breath, like slow that breath down. Call it in like you're sipping it in through a straw. Envision sending your roots down into the earth. I did this many times. I used to have a lot of anxiety at mm -hmm. night, in the middle of the night, because I'd wake up with that kind of thing, like the mm -hmm. overwhelming expansiveness of life itself, you know, like <laughs> existential shit. And I would walk outside. I thank goddess God for my land that I knew to get that land, to stay on it for 16 years. I would walk outside naked again, put my hands in the earth, and I'd say, help me. Mm -hmm. Literally. Help me with this. Ground me. I need the whole earth here. Yeah. I can't do this with my little mind. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not so going to work. Take in. <laughs> and if I use my little mind, I'm going to take myself into neurotic yeah. repetition and behavior. Right. So... For me, it's down and in. Get into your world. body. Get in. Remind yourself that you have a body. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Slow the breath down. Connect with the earth. Plug in whatever vision you know you need to use. The root, or mm -hmm. often like I think of using a plug. That's very twenty first century. Plug yourself back in. Yeah. You're you're disconnected from source. Yeah. Okay. It's one thing to have a radio sitting in a room. It's a high-functioning radio, but if you're like, no, I'm not going to plug it in. I, why isn't it working? <laughs> you know, I want that station. Right. Well, plug it in. Plug it in. Plug yourself in. Mm. Find your way down and in. Connect. Slow your breath down. Mm -hmm. Hand to your womb or some part of your body. Just mm -hmm. touch yourself and like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. As you would to a small child. Because we are small children. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still small children. We're still, we still have that little child in us. So are we going to treat ourselves with love and deep consideration and stop being so hard on ourselves? Right. That we have to be perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. We have to be clean. We have to be perfect. We have to be, you know, sharp and moving and... Kind of exhausting. Just talking about... Kind of exhausting. Yeah. So exhausting. Uh -huh. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those days where nothing works out? <laughs> oh no, they're called go, never. Go to the beach days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, and that's again remembering, like instead of continuing to push against it, and then you create another opportunity to feel totally overwhelmed and exhausted. I know it's like it's trying like, to do a hamster wheel, like up a hill, <laughs> up a mountain. Yes. 
There's a time for momentum and continuing to push. Mm -hmm. I was just writing about that too. There is a time, you know, again, there's some wisdom in that old, you know, to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Mm -hmm. Okay, these are words of wisdom. We need to pay attention. This isn't just some bullshit from this old test, you know, this old book. It's There's wisdom inside of everything, and that's a wisdom piece. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, let's pay attention. It's like I was just talking about the winter. You know, this is the winter time right now. We're talking in the winter. Really, naturally, it's we know this, right? You're in our bliss, you know. You know, the leaves fall off. It's cultivating. Time to hibernate. Hibernating. Yes. You put your your seeds in. Eat your roots. Pay attention to the... You know, other days are slower and darker. Right. Can I tune into that and let myself rest? And I know how hard that is. Right. I know from experience. Wintering. All of it. We live in a super fast moving mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it is. Mm-hmm. It is different. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging that is really important. It is different. Mm-hmm. And things are changing quickly. And we are evolving quickly as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe we are actually literally evolving mm-hmm. right now. So that's a good thing. It's exciting. I love technology. I love all of that Me stuff. Me too. I am a futurist, uh-huh. but I'm also deeply indebted to the past. I see myself as a creature of all times. Mm-hmm. So am I only going to run like hyperspeed? Mm-hmm. I'm going to run hyperspeed for sure. Mm-hmm. But can I keep cultivating the native tradition of the human? Mm-hmm. By tuning into my body, I can take I take my body wherever I go, right? Right. We can be in the middle of the busiest, most crazy, you know, physical situation, like in the middle of Manhattan, just everything, just boop, 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 boop. and we can be totally radically embodied right there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if we are, mm-hmm. we are the most powerful person in the room. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that state, you walk into a room and you know your radiance is shining. You can help. To cultivate goodness. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about Mm -hmm. for me. It's all about cultivating beauty Mm -hmm. wherever I go. Mm -hmm. By claiming myself as beauty. Mm -hmm. We don't have to like be small and diminish ourselves. No, it's all about serving other people. Right. It's about serving your light first. Yeah. In order to then go everywhere you go and feel that you are like a... What? You're like a charging station and you're willing to share because you know you are sourced from source. It's not about you sourcing from your mind. Mm -hmm. You're sourced from source, which is endless. Mm -hmm. You're like, I have no problem claiming that I absolutely believe in a creator, creative force. No problem with that whatsoever. And I don't care what you call it. You can call it God. I'm happy with that word. I don't care. I am sourced in the mystery. It's much bigger than me. And the minute I forget that, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be helped to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. That's what I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. And we're choosing creatures. I feel like this is flowing into the subject of creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so plugging into the source, mm-hmm. allowing creativity to flow through. I think right. we can find 
finds deeper meanings to our life that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The arts. Yeah. 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 And the arts can look like all kinds of things now. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, your artfulness may be in the way that you cook every day for your family. Yeah. Or for me, creating herbal formulas. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, art. We are artists mm-hmm. as humans. There is. It isn't just the artist over there that we look at on the screen, and and then kind of crown them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, my God, there are spectacular people who really, truly have like, they have it at a daily <laughs> practice of yes. perfecting their beauty and their gift, and they just want to give it to the world. And it's like, oh my God, thank you. Yes. I'm bowing. I love it. You yes. turn me on. You excite me. But that's me. devotion to their creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we can do, too. Yeah. We don't have to be on the stage of the entire world. Uh-huh. We can just be on the stage of our own lives. It's not too loud, but... You're covered with prisms right now. Oh. Coming through the window. <laughs> yeah. How beautiful. And they're, they were on your heart. Oh, yeah, we can say we've. Got, I've got a beautiful, See? beautiful crystal, oh, <laughs> that I hung in my window, and it's a feng shui crystal, and so it's illuminating the room that we're in right now with rainbows, which is so really beautiful. nice. Aww, yeah, little gift from the sky. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-mm. But yeah, I believe you know we're all creative beings all the time, and. We can cultivate ourselves as artists, and hopefully we will. Understanding that you know art is a broad term, mm-hmm. and it includes whatever turns us on creatively. Mm-hmm. You know the way that we parent and mm-hmm. treat that as an art. Mm-hmm. You know that's an art form, right? And cultivating you know the beauty in in that. As mothers, you know, being artful as a mother, you know, it's just like bringing consciousness into our our actions mm-hmm. can make it into art, you know. And one of the writing assignments we did was connecting <coughs> to what turns us yeah, on. What turns you on. Yeah. Yep. And it was so interesting. So many people had different perspectives, mm. and it was neat to to see. What mm-hmm. came up? What mm-hmm. types of things do you notice come up for people during that exercise? It's it's so broad, and but one thing I do notice is that most women who respond to that they include a lot of the natural world. Okay. Yeah, like the sounds and tastes. You know, this a is lot this of essential oils. Is a, yes, <laughs> scent, I remember that. Yes, be- like the scent of, you know. This is a this is a beautiful that's that's a really great thing you just did bringing it back to that because that's a beautiful way to cultivate and to remember yourself as a sensual being. Mm-hmm. You know what turns you on, okay? Mm-hmm. And it could include sexuality and and different you know things that we're doing with others, yeah. but this is something I've noticed and even on that in that day I'm just remembering the faces in the circle right now and people reading their pieces (laughs) and they're almost everybody had something about taste Mm -hmm. 
the taste of something, and they get like a smile, like, <laughs> ooh, the taste the of strawberry. Taste, yeah, something that they were remembering. Yeah. And it was like, ooh, it was visceral, like, and it and it again had to do with the body. Yeah. Our bodies, yeah. and of course, then we take our minds behind the resource that our body is. Yeah. The amazing, vast resource, the mystery, the beauty. And we can take our minds and we can then create a turn on yeah. that we don't even have to have the strawberry or the raspberry. We're like just thinking about it. Isn't and that? we're getting turned on like, oh yeah, <gasps> that tart, you know, deliciousness. The seeds. The seeds, the The tang. tip of the strawberry has mm-hmm. all those little seeds. I yeah. Love that. And the tip of our tongues engaging with the tip of a strawberry. Yeah. I mean, just think of the tip. Kind of sexy. It's pretty damn <laughs> sexy, and we can look. I know. Woo. We're turning pink. Not here. <laughs> We're just talking about strawberries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's the tip of the tongue. It's just for strawberries. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, you know, turn ons. Yeah. And to be turned on and to be like. That's radical embodiment. Radical embodiment is to live. An orgasmic mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And does that mean we're always happy? No. Mm. Does that mean we're going to feel things like 10 times more? Yes. Mm. So for me to live a radically embodied life, it means I'm saying I want to show up for all of my feelings, not mm-hmm. just the happy, shiny ones. Mm-hmm. But the deep grief that I feel, I feel tremendous grief when I when I hear about things that we as humans are doing to other humans. I mean, truly, I could start yeah. weeping right now. Yeah. I think people who feel everything are really potent people. That we are people who care. Then, mm-hmm. and we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. To somebody else's pain in the moment, we may not be able to stop the the huge rep, you know let's say the Syrian refugee thing okay yeah we can contribute and we can do whatever we can do from here mm-hmm. but by being radically embodied and really willing to feel all of our feelings as scary and as difficult as they are sometimes it helps us to be compassionate human beings in our own world so that we're not just having the idea of compassion, like, oh, those poor people in Syria, and then marching down the street right past somebody on the street who needs our help. Right. And ignoring them. Right. But thinking about this concept of, mm. oh, all this horrible stuff that's happening in the world. It's so interesting that you bring that up, because I've noticed that when there there's pain felt in a region, or in, in a family, or in a town, a city, that the town comes together yeah it brings people together right it reminds people Mm -hmm. of compassion and that we are feeling beings yeah kind of knocks us off of our linear a to b model right and i'm all about knocking ourselves off on purpose before Mm -hmm. that happens like making that our daily practice and and you were speaking of the fear and i don't want to gloss over that because I've had a lot of women, you know, as, uh, you know, for example, during this, I just did a 21-day dive into, deep dive into Lilith. Mm. And so Lilith as a symbol of the dark, the darkness, and then how we can, you know, negate or make negative 
um, powerful aspects of the feminine. Anyway, a lot of women were going into some really deep places in themselves as I gave them daily practices and writings and things. And music, music is really big for me. Sound is mm -hmm. part of the field as well. And movement, you know, dance. So as they're doing the practices and diving in, you know, and we were using it, going moving toward the dark of the moon. There was a, you know, a new moon mm. during this 21 days. So it was beautiful. What great timing. Yeah. New moon in Scorpio. Ah. So it all landed very beautifully. But as we're going in there, women were starting to feel things that they hadn't allowed themselves to feel very much because it was too scary. So here they were in the company of others. It was a virtual space, but still there's tremendous power. Mm -hmm. I was being the guide and leading us deeper in mm -hmm. and giving practices so that as we went deeper in, it wasn't all about the mind and talking about it. It was about having practices that helped hold us in those places. But a lot of, you know, fear came up. Right. Some of the things that were said were things like, um, I don't, I realize I have not been feeling anything. Mm -hmm. I've been, I'm numb. Mm. So as the days went by, I'm not as numb anymore, but this is scaring me. I'm feeling that I might just explode into a thousand pieces because my feelings are so deep and so strong, or I might, my rage might be so big that I might go out and scream at people. What am I going to do with all this? Right. And so it's that's real, and it and it's something that has to be paid attention to. We can't gloss that over because as we go diving out of you know go away from the headspace, the the American way or the Western way or even maybe the world way of traveling, traveling on the on the kind of hyper speed. I'm just going to keep Proud moving hero. in action, and and women too. Like I'm going to take care of the family, and I'm going to take care of my work, and I'm going to going to going to going to I don't even know where I begin and end and my body is whatever but I'm going to ignore it and keep going and keep moving and right. breathing shallow and so as we drop in it's important to have some practices in place so that we don't completely implode and feel then like oh my god I'm never going to get up off the floor I could weep for days Yeah. You know, sometimes we do need to weep for days but it's good to have, have some practices cultivated so that we can actually remind ourselves that, okay, I am alive, it's okay, I'm weeping, yes, mm -hmm. I'm feeling, but I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm okay, I, I'm going to be able to, this too shall pass, I will not be weeping for the rest of my life. Right. And then our sisters, that's the other part of this teaching for me, is the sisterhood, the, you know, what I call the virtual red tent. Mm -hmm establishing connections with other women and really using them. Oh, that feels so good. Really using them. Yeah. And being used as part of that too, being available to our sisters mm -hmm. and being real mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. You know? That's we need a, each other. We need each other and we want to cultivate strength and power in our sisters and that's a whole other piece too, mm -hmm. which is... They're like integral parts of this teaching of radical embodiment, and one of the main ones is about doing whatever we can to overcome the old patterns that have been placed upon us of competition with with our sisters. Mm -hmm. Have I fallen prey to that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Have I had like 
jealousy or envy and then the feeling of like mm-hmm. you know she has what I want or something mm-hmm. and and that can either be turned into something really negative right a separatist right exclusive like only my club or mm-hmm. you know or we could turn it into inspiration mm-hmm. I talked to my 23 year old daughter in New York and she wants to be an actor etc and she's you know she's amazing beautiful talented young woman mm-hmm. and because we have a good wonderful relationship she's able to share with me things that are hard for her to share things like I'm kind of jealous of my friend who got a part and I feel you know I'm kind of pissed at her and you know I should get that you know and just to be able to speak that out loud to yourself and Mm -hmm. and then the things that I say to her I don't say wow you really shouldn't be jealous that's not nice I'm like yeah yeah I know we can totally go there and I've gone there and I get it and like yeah you could keep running with that that is the story you could yeah i mean you could keep indulging that feeling and and your feelings real and yeah. it's real so first we have to be nice to it like yeah i do i feel that way mm-hmm. not like oh you're bad for feeling that way you horrible person which is just adding force <laughs> you know it's like okay now i really feel like shit <laughs> but we can turn that into something else and i had to do that myself mm-hmm. And what I train myself to do is training. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. Just like an athlete practices mm-hmm. every day to be really amazing. We can train ourselves, and I train myself to start turning toward those women and going out of my way to support them in their beauty and their shine. Mm. You know, first couple times it was a little bit like awkward inside me, like, yeah. but I'm really, you know, and I'm going to go back to that, you know. Like this stuff, jealous place. And it's like, uh, no, you don't, because that feels horrible. So how about? <laughs> and as I cultivated, you know, this relationship with the feminine, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's my sister. Like, I wanted, I want to support her. That makes me feel good. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can acknowledge that. Yeah, I'd like to do that too. Mm-hmm. So. There must be something in me that can do that. Because if she's doing it, and I'm turned on by that, and even like a little tweaked, I could go, wow, I could join her mm-hmm. by cultivating that in her. How can I serve you? How can I help you with that? Yeah. And the more generous I can be, then the more empowered I am. Yeah. The more I feel like, well, oh yeah, I, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe I should start sharing my writing. Because how does anybody know I'm a writer if I don't share it? Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. She's sharing it. <laughs> Yay. You know? So that's another essential part of this radical embodiment movement to me. Mm-hmm. Is how do we cultivate real true sisterhood? Being real. Even speaking that to a friend. Even like sharing like, wow, I was a little jealous of you. You know? And yeah. I was kind of turning it into something that really wasn't very healthy. And I'm so glad... You know, I'm so glad for you that you are doing this. Yeah. Like being able to overcome that mm-hmm. and move out of competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such a thing as healthy competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But out of, you know, any kind of ugliness. Separatist. Separatist. Yeah. I'm going to push you away. I mean, we could talk. I, I literally <laughs> could talk straight here for eight hours because there's the other thing about outing women for being big and wild and free and sexy this is another Lilith piece Mm -hmm. so what do we do she's a slut Mm 
Mm-hmm. We do it to ourselves and that's a bad too. Word, I'm being right? slutty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except now, you know, younger generation are reclaiming that, and they're yeah. doing these slut walks. You know, yeah. they're like, "Ah, oh, you're going to call us sluts because we want to go out at night." Or I'm an ethical slut. There's another reclaiming get, of the word. Yes. Yeah. And it, it involves being conscious. You know, it involves actually consciously taking that on and trying to understand what does that mean for me? Right. Let's have a dialogue about it. Let's talk with each other. Let's be responsible for mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And let's stop throwing that word around as a as an attack on other women, mm-hmm. on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And making it, you know, reclaiming that. And again, mm-hmm. you know, here we are, words again. You know, reclaiming words about our own bodies. I've spoken mm-hmm. about that in the circles. Yeah. You know, we've had... <laughs> my beloved and I were just talking about um, words, you know, mm-hmm. for... that We were watching a show and a woman was saying something like, Well, my hoo-ha... What the hell and, is a hoo-ha? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, actually, I love this other one. This other woman was like, well, I'm sorry, you're not going to be going down there into Ladyland, you know. <laughs> but It's almost comical. It's comical. It is. And, you know, it's okay. We get to say but what we, we want about our own body. we have. Well, yeah. because a lot of the words that have been used are are used as insults. Yeah. Okay, they've you're been using a pussy. You're being a pussy. Okay, yeah. so a man's saying that to another man. Yeah. And that is not a compliment. No. That means so, you're being scared. You're being, you're being like being a woman. Much. Yeah. Okay, and that's some that's bad. Don't play like a girl, the, right. the, a coach will say to a boy. You're playing like a girl. Right. That is the worst insult possible. So this is how do we take care of that? We reclaim these words. We start using the word pussy. We mm-hmm. can start using the word cunt if that mm-hmm. feels right to us. Start looking, you know, in the dictionary and finding mm-hmm. the origins of these words, which mm-hmm. are not even prostitute and whore. Mm-hmm. All these things go back and back and back to other mm-hmm. other original meanings. Are there cultures that were more woman-based, accepting mm. of this mm. intuition that we have? I believe so. Okay. As much as we can tell. Okay. And, you know, the the guidance that I got during this Lilith period called in this wild dream for me, which led me to one of those cultures. And I'll share with you how that happened. I was speaking with a friend who does Mayan abdominal massage for women. She trained with Rosie Arvigo and... Mm -hmm you know, in Belize, the herbalist, and she brings this beautiful tradition of the Mayan abdominal massage for women, Mm -hmm. womb massage. And we were talking about that, and I said, wow, I'd love to have a group here in my house and where you, you know, teach women how to do this. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful conversation. I went to bed that night, and I had been having a funny kind of feeling like below my rib cage, and I was thinking, wow, is this my liver? Like before I went to sleep, and... In sleep, I had a dream that I was in a circle of women and we were doing this abdominal womb massage on mm. ourselves and on each other. Goosebumps. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh yeah. And then, right in the middle of this dream, this like cartoon character octopus came and like sat right on my liver 
and it was like, you need to do this. And it was like stroking its little arm down, mm-hmm. like in this gesture. And I was doing it in my dream. I was like taking my fingers and stroking down on that point. And then it said to me, I had this big smile and gigantic eyes. And it was like <laughs> this little black and white octopus. And the dream was in color. It was like, whoa, who are you? And it just looked at me and it was like, this is Minoan from Crete. This is what women did. You're doing, this is from Minoan culture and I, I woke up at that moment I was like huh wow Minoan Crete I truly did not know what that was I got up it was like three in the morning which is my time to do everything went to the computer <laughs> turned it on googled Minoan octopus onto the screen came a gorgeous pot decorated with the exact octopus it had these giant eyes and a smile oh my god my whole body is vibrating i was too i was like what and i started researching (laughs) immediately i'm reading about this culture how are you supposed to go to bed after that i didn't yeah and i don't i'm often up between three and five and so i i traced this i immediately ordered this book Uh and what are you looking at i actually this book I found by accident. So I was looking at the images of the octopus. They they have beautiful art. It's still there in Crete. They've been looking at this only for about thirty five years. They've unearthed these this beautiful town, this culture. And as far as they can see, there's no reference in their art. They don't have a written they didn't leave behind writing, which is pretty interesting. It's all mm-hmm. visual, it's all mm-hmm. image. It's all earth-based. It's all symbolic. They have a lot of images of what is they can. We can put these pieces together based on a lot of other um, information that we have from other digs and other cultures. So mm-hmm. there's a common thread mm-hmm. with certain images being used. What type and of images? Dolphins together who are considered highly sexual beings and very conscious beings. They have a lot of images of dolphins. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of um, images of women Mm -hmm. with their no tops Mm -hmm. in in states of ecstasy, like women in circles dancing with their arms up to the heavens and, you know, two birds flying near them, kissing, you know, Mm -hmm. these, these beautiful visuals of... Ecstasy. They have mm-hmm. a lot of poppy, mm-hmm. poppy pods, mm-hmm. mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So, so as much as we can make inference based on images. This was an ecstatic earth-based culture that they didn't have any images of war. Mm-hmm. They didn't have walls around their buildings. They wow. did not. It was, and they were in exposed on the island of Crete. You know, it, you could see their buildings. Easy targets. Wow, that's amazing. They had ships, and there was one image of a ship with some a lot of uh, soldiers, mm-hmm. and and there was there was basically one image that they found that could be called war or some kind of battle. Right. Everything else was animals. A very very stylized stuff about um, the feminine as associated with death. Mm-hmm. That death was not an end. That death was. Um, not feared mm-hmm. and there was a lot of music there were images of men singing mm-hmm. with their field uh, field tools on their shoulders sing mouths open walking back singing mm-hmm. and then women in states of ecstasy 
they think that these chambers that they found were actually for sacred sexuality mm -hmm. um, with lots of altar pieces and owls and you know it's just it it's a wow. very compelling and octopus all the creatures of the sea uh -huh. and that's what was on all their pots so later came the Greeks and they came in and started so the Minotaur I mean okay this is so deep so I can't really go into all the details of it but just leave it to say that this culture demonstrates possibly a it's not a matriarchal it doesn't seem because there were no gods or goddesses it was real women real okay. men Honoring the real feminine, the woman, mm -hmm. the actual woman, mm -hmm. didn't seem to be needing kings or queens. They didn't really find any indication that there was a hierarchy in that mm -hmm. way. But there were sort of perhaps shamans or... They were using poppies and mushrooms. They seemed to be using poppies and mushrooms. They seemed to have a deep honoring of the feminine principle. Mm -hmm. as it shows up in the actual woman's body. They buried people with little images of women. Oh, wow. You know, so there's this strong, compelling batch of information, as far as we can see, that says that this was an, an earth-based feminine honoring and masculine honoring mm -hmm. culture, mm -hmm. but that the feminine was given kind of a, a large position mm -hmm. in in this culture as the birther mm -hmm. as the creatrix but also associated with the what they say is it was the eternal circle of life that death then produced new life that from death came new life that you know and that's what you seasonal, see in nature yes and the seasonal they were really in tune with that bees were huge the beehive bees were used symbolically in this culture in a really big way mm. so it's a fascinating fascinating culture this all came in a dream truly I believe it was by way of Lilith wow. I even found a connection to Lilith which totally tripped me out in this esoteric paper written by an Israeli professor linking the very earliest um Hebrew writings to the Minoan Cretan culture. So I was like, okay. Ooh, that's so right. juicy. <laughs> this is so Lilith cool. is like, I have something to show yeah, you. The book that Magdalena was talking about is In the Search of the Lost Feminine by Craig S. Barnes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was found by accident. I just liked the cover and I liked the title. When I got it, when it arrived here at my home, I opened it. It was all about Crete and the Minoan culture. Wow. With photographs, pictures of all of the art. He is awesome. It's amazing and beautiful to me that it's a, a man who wrote this. He was a civil rights lawyer for many, many years. And then he was compelled to start following this urge to investigate this <laughs> because he felt that this is the basis of the downfall moving toward the kind of imbalance that he saw in his life as a civil rights lawyer. And he believes that is the recultivation of mm -hmm. the feminine mm -hmm. that is going to restore us. So to me, this is like, it, it's just, it's 
mystical. I and feel it yeah. inside. Yeah. I feel it. And know. I feel like I want to go to Crete. Not that I have to, but I want to. I want right. to go there. I want to be there. I want to be in that place. And I want to feel that. And, it, you know, there's... It, we have had such a long time of believing that war is inevitable. Uh-huh. You know, that, that this kind of behavior that we think of as normal is, is normal. It's just inevitable. That's how humans are. Even if there was one culture that mm-hmm. didn't have that, that means that it's available to all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most of my life has, we have, our nation has been in war. Most of my the life. The whole damn world. Yeah. All of your life, unfortunately. The, the there's whole... been war and, and this kind of behavior all over the planet, whether it's been in our country or not. And that's the story it's we've come to believe. natural. No. No, it just it seems normal because it's what we've always normal. known. That's right. So as we start to cultivate these stories further and dive into them and share them with each other, that is that's going to breed a new way of thinking. We're not going to continually put up with this old story. Mm-hmm. And that includes the war inside of ourselves. The warring thoughts, the warring thoughts we have with our sisters, like I was just referring to, or with our brothers, you know, the warring thoughts, even. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot, it's a lot to be that responsible for ourselves. I acknowledge that. And that's why we do things that are just <laughs> fun. So that, you know, we don't have to be so serious. It's joyful mm-hmm. to be engaged with life, it can be joyful to feel. Mm-hmm everything especially if we are cultivating relationships with others where we make that where we give permission so that we have our friends to be that way with yeah so we're not just alone in our own little spaces going oh my god i can't feel all this this is too much i'm all alone Mm -hmm. you know we start being real and being vulnerable with others and, and by doing that we give them permission to do the same it's just a social update with it's each other. Social update, <laughs> you know, to to the degree like we're not gonna like every minute like completely just like oh my god and everything you know and like for an hour we're gonna just dump whoa okay thanks bye I feel better now you know <laughs> but you know <laughs> right all of it's a balance right and this is why like for my birthday I'm going pole dancing you are with my women friends because. Oh my god. Do I only just, yes, we have to sit and be serious about, you know, how to be, you know, cultivating <laughs> radical embodiment. I mean, radical embodiment is a doing thing. Mm-hmm. It's a being thing. Mm-hmm. So what's fun in yeah. my body? Yeah. Well, my body like? pole dancing really is fun. <laughs> it's and sharing that with other women. <laughs> so here I'm going to give a little promotion. Yes. Um, Sheila Kelly's TED Talk about the S Factor, which is her group of pole dancing studios that she now has all over the country. This is where I'm taking the class, taking a private group for my birthday is at S Factor in San Francisco. Wow. So anybody who's interested in cultivating radical embodiment with other women, if you can find an S Factor studio in your town, I say go and do it. Oh I took an intro class, and it just was such a turn-on. It was so beautiful. Uh-huh. 
it's very inviting and welcoming. There are no mirrors. The lights are low. It's not about performing for somebody else's eye. It's about feeling mm -hmm. your sensuality, your sexy, mm -hmm. in a very yummy, very inviting way. And they make oh, it's it just really. A cop. Yes, it's a prop. <laughs> and we had a you know we had a floor you know exercise thing too that we did for like the first hour. Oh my god! And then moved that to sounds the pole. like so much fun. So much fun. Yes. And there were so many different ages, different sizes of women. It was yeah. completely accommodating to all women. I love that. It's beautiful. I so, want to see more and more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So watch the TED Talk mm -hmm. on YouTube. How can Sheila people Kelly. find out about you? And what are you up to, Magdalena? Yeah. Well, I, you can find me at magdalenacurtis.com. And you have That's, a Facebook group? I have a Facebook group called, um, it's just Magdalena Curtis Radical Embodiment. Mm -hmm. So you can find that on Facebook. Come and see what I'm doing. And I have a lot, of, I, I pretty much post something every day. Mm -hmm. I love your writings. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And on my website, you'll find different ways to interact with me. And there's the Lilith piece that I just finished, which mm -hmm. was a 21-day deep dive. And there were 26 women involved in that. But now that's available at any time. You can just mm -hmm. get the whole package, and it's you know come to you. And it'll come every day as it did with these women. It'll just come on the first day you start. You'll get day one and day two, mm -hmm. you know, all the way through. There are three live recorded calls that are included in that. And so if you want to take a dive into Lilith, mm -hmm. um, you can go to the website and you can see something about Lilith and mm -hmm. why and what it is. And there are other ways to interact with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I very happily travel to other places to have circles, radical embodiment circles. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. love meeting new women super fun yeah and then I'm writing a book right now so that's my next thing is to finish okay. my book uh -huh. and it's called Radical Embodiment oh awesome yeah living your life as an altar to the divine is the under title for now mm -hmm. that may change but it is called Radical Embodiment and it's a small book of um, short chapters deep dives with a practice at the end of each chapter mm -hmm. so it's kind of a little book that you could open anywhere mm -hmm. like Huh, I want to go to the tender mercies. I feel I'm feeling that you could. It doesn't have to be start to finish. Start with page one. Because that would be too linear. It would be a little too linear. <laughs> I mean, I love novels. <laughs> you know, I'm a gigantic reader, but this is a usable sort of carry in your purse. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm visioning it and designing it. That sounds so great. So you can just open it up and go, wow. I need a little inspiration right now, like a little two-page, three-page inspiration. Ooh, and there's a little practice mm -hmm. I can do. That's amazing. Yeah, so I that's can't wait for coming. It to come out. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> I have to just write and write and write. And that's my next journey right now because it's winter time, so yes. it's perfect. So I'm going to dive in there and get that done. Excellent. And then get it out as a real book and also as an e-book. So it'll be on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Oh. This has been so wonderful, and I feel like this been. knowledge is so needed in this time period. Mm. Lilith wants to be known. Yeah. She wants to be remembered. She wants to remind us. Yeah, absolutely. Of who we are yeah. deep inside. Yep. A certain powerful part that wants to have a voice mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> this is so much fun. Cheers. We love it. <laughs> Cheers. Hey. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Want to get one step nerdier? Well, if you go onto my website, herbnerdpodcast.com slash herbal membership, you can become an herbal member of the Herb Nerd community. And what this means is that the podcast that I offer here is a listener-supported show. So with a monthly subscription, you will be helping me produce more content. The more people who subscribe, the more shows I can do per month. As of now, I'm doing one per month and I want to step up my game. For $20 per month, you can become an Herb Nerd Tree lover. And I'll guarantee to answer one of your questions on the show every month. Plus, once a year, I will do a podcast on your herbal or health topic of your choosing. And lastly, I will offer you a year-long herbal tea subscription with free shipping, which comes with 12 of my handcrafted herbal tea blends. And I just want to remind you that I offer 2.5% of all my herbal tea sales to United Plant Savers. So please support this podcast. Please support the plant savers and please support your health by becoming a member and becoming part of this community. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Herb Nerd Podcast, which is all about herbs, healing, and spirituality. That's all for this episode, and until next time, for more inspiring advice and to learn how to cultivate your inner sanctuary, head on over to my website at www.theherbnerdpodcast.com or find me on Twitter or Facebook. And to show the world that you're an herb nerd, please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It really does make a difference five stars. The Herb Nerd Podcast is an educational resource, so stay tuned for the next discovery of the many musings of the herbal world.